What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, and with me once again on this Friday, Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? I missed you. Hey, hey. Yeah, it seems like uh, every time we take one week off, it feels like a month. It does. I need Michelle in my life. You've got big things happening. You just moved into a new house. This is our first show from your new house. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, we're all moved in. We got the floors done. We got our kitchen done. We almost have our fireplace done. So it's coming along. You are in Texas. Am I correct? Yes, in Houston, in League City specifically. And you need a fireplace. Very important in Texas. Well, it already was here. But we have to put the tile around it and we got the mantle up. But I mean, if it's here, what are you going to do? And then we did like, let's say you go through the freeze again, which happened before we moved here. True. We're going to be happy. We have a fireplace. But yeah, we're probably never going to use it. Probably never going. Yeah. Just, I think that's a pretty safe bet. I don't know. It's, what a, the, it's 100 degrees right now. I don't know what the DraftKings odds are on that, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure you won't be uh, doing a little TP in the fireplace trying to get that going. That's not going to be. An issue. Uh, before we get started on today's show, I want to remind everybody, please, please, please keep your ratings and your reviews coming. For some reason, we have a very low rating on Apple. I don't like it. I don't know why. I think when we were first getting started, people didn't like the lineup change once Oscar Aparicio left and they, they didn't like it. But the fact is we've shattered downloads records the past two years. We're going to do it again this year. So you're obviously liking it now. We are grateful for the support. So please, if you can go log in, give us a five-star review. We greatly appreciate it. I see this one from Twin49er, five-star review. Thank you very much. Very simple subject, just says Michelle. And Twin49er writes, hey, 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 mayo, mayo, mayo. Can't wait for it, Rob. Next week, Michelle, you are going to have to eat the mayonnaise. Just like I had to do when you beat me in our 49er season prediction. Now you're going to have to take three giant scoops of mayonnaise and eat it on next week's show because your off-season predictions for the 49ers did not come true. I cannot tell you how much I am looking forward to your suffering. Uh, Yeah, I'll do it next week. I promise no more pushing it back. That's right. I will do it next week. I give you my word. I'll be sick all day, but it's fine. (laughs) I'll do it. (laughs) I am, yeah, I'm greatly appreciating the sacrifice that you are going to make. You'll be sick all day, and I might be sick on the show just watching you eat it. (laughs) I just really hope I can pull it off where I seem like I like it, because that will mess with your head so much. It will be fantastic. Maybe I will like it. That will, that might be worse for me. Like, I... (laughs) The weird thing is, like, I don't know that there's a scenario that could happen that's good for me. If you eat the mayonnaise and you get sick, I might get sick having, like, flashbacks to when I had to do it. Yeah, but what yet, if I throw up on the pod? Right. And then if you like it, that's probably somehow worse for me. So I'm going to be like, she likes it? It's mayonnaise? <laughs> like, there's probably no good outcome in this for me, but we're doing it. We're doing it. I'm excited. I, I've never taken a spoonful of mayo. So this will be my first time. I'm sure most people haven't. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll love it. It just sits in your mouth with that tangy. Oh, God. Well, no, I'm not going to let it get warm like you did. Like, yeah, that was a mistake, that was... which 
won't happen to me now anymore, Michelle, because for Father's Day, my wife got me a mini fridge that I now keep in the studio right next to my desk. It's filled with various beverages and things of that sort. So now I won't have the warm mayonnaise like I did last time because it would be in the mini fridge. I don't have a big enough house to worry about having a mini fridge in my office. I mean, it's a basement, so it's not, I mean, I'm not living in a mansion here. <laughs> like I could just walk out to the kitchen, but I'm happy for you and your big house that you're bragging about. I'm not, it's a mini <laughs> fridge. It's like 75 bucks here. I'm not, you know, living high on the hog, but I am happy. I do like knowing that there's a mini fridge. You know, I drink constantly during the show because my voice gets very hoarse very quickly. So I have to keep drinking. So now I have, you know, beverages right there available to me. Yeah, because you refi- refuse to drink water, which would probably just help you the most. I'm drinking water right now. So oh, there job. you go. Good job. I am learning from you as I tend to do and I'm going to do on today's show because we are going to start previewing the top 10 at different positions in fantasy football. You are our reigning fantasy expert here at Niners Nation. So until training camp gets started, we thought one thing to do while the news is kind of non-existent to be honest we're going to go through the top 10 at each position in fantasy football starting today with the quarterbacks but before we get to that there was a tweet that came out started by warren sharp and uh followed up on by mike clay who is an espn nfl prognosticator warren sharp tweeted out the 10 longest passes from jimmy garoppolo last year and let me tell you they are pathetic they're underthrown they're off target it's just a hideous display but mike clay quote tweeted that and had an interesting statistic for jimmy garoppolo on passes thrown 30 or more yards down the field since 2014 jimmy garoppolo is five of 30 for 264 yards with just one touchdown and five interceptions His 16.7% completion percentage is the worst, and 8.8 yards per attempt is the second worst among 54 quarterbacks with 30 or more attempts. The league average, according to Mike Clay, was 31% completions and 14 yards per attempt. So Jimmy G was half as, like, his completion percentage was only half of what the league average was on deep passes. I am so, so so glad that I don't live there anymore, Michelle, because Jimmy ain't going to be on the team. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, last year, 30-plus air yards. He had a 13.5 passer rating. 13.5, worse in the <laughs> NFL, as you can imagine, among qualified quarterbacks. Uh, and it was just so far the worst that it's really embarrassing. Like Sam Darnold, you would expect to be bottom five. He was, he was the fourth worst, but at 47.4 passer rating. So that's still 30 points higher than Jimmy Garoppolo. And what's more troubling to me though, is he only had Jimmy Garoppolo only had eight pass attempts of 30 plus air yards. That's just far too low. I mean, last year, Russell Wilson had 38 such (laughs) 38. He led the league, but he also missed a few games as well. And when you see the guys at the top, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, those, they all had 30 plus pass attempts of 30 plus air yards. It's like, well, those are the best offenses in the NFL. And then you look at the bottom and it's the Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, Tua, Jimmy Garoppolo. They all had 
15 or fewer such attempts. And it's like, well, those are the worst offenses in the NFL. You have to open it up. And if, I mean, I can't consider the 49ers one of the worst offenses. They did just fine last year. They scored points. Kyle Shanahan can get it done. But without opening it up and like having defenses actually scared that you might throw it deep and you might complete one, it makes it makes things harder. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. It shouldn't be that hard. Every, you know, we got all excited because the Niners would have like 15, 18, 20 play drives. Yeah, that's great. It shouldn't take 20 plays to go all the way down the field and score a touchdown. So if Trey Lance can just be league average at this particular area, they're going to be twice as good. Like that's the crazy part that I think that people, some of the people that are doubting Trey Lance maybe aren't thinking about is that in some areas, Jimmy Garoppolo was so bad that if Trey is just an average NFL quarterback in this area, they're going to be much improved. Yeah. Like Mac Jones last year attempted 24 passes of 30 plus area. That's all that Trey Lance has to get to that right in the middle there. You need to open it up a bit more, even if he's not necessarily completing a ton of them. That's can you try some more, you know, open it up. And this comes on Kyle Shanahan as well. There's no way that they've Jimmy should have had eight attempts and Trey Lance had two attempts in his two games. It's still averaging only one per game that needs to increase. Like Kyle Shanahan has to open this up more. I think it will. I think the first game with Trey, Kyle really had the training wheels on. Like he was just scared. It's part of the reason he called so many design runs. I think he went into the game just like, oh no, please don't screw it up. And he just, it was an abnormal, I think, game plan. I think what we saw in Houston was a lot different. We saw the long touchdown pass to Debo in that game. That to me reflects more of what I think we're going to see going forward. And I'm excited because I do think we're going to see some of those bombs. I think we're going to get to see what Brandon IU can do deep down the field. I think Kittle may catch some of those as well. Like I, I just think it's going to be a lot different. And I, I think that Kyle really tailored the offense to what Jimmy did well, which any good coach should do. Every coach tries to do that. But uh, my point there is that I don't think that he is running the same offense. He's not going to run the Jimmy Garoppolo offense with Trey Lance next year. No, he can't. And play action should open things up, be able to pass deep. The big part of it will be, can the offensive line hold up for them to have that time to pass deep more often? We'll see. But I mean, you can't get worse in this area than what they were last year. It can only go up. So that's a good thing. That's the crazy part. It cannot get worse. That's that's why so many 49er fans are so optimistic about certain things, because it's like, he, the odds, just statistically, the odds that Trey is going to be as bad as Jimmy Garoppolo just work in your favor. So hopefully it gets better. Uh, I'm so excited for it. And I'm just so glad that like if that stat had come out before last season, it would have made me angry because it's like that's what we're going to be in for this year. But now that Jimmy's not going to be the starter anymore, I see that stat. and It, it doesn't make me happy, but it's just like. I'm glad that I don't have to care about it as much. And we haven't really got to chat about Baker Mayfield rumors to the Panthers because that happened after our last episode we aired. What are your thoughts there? If Baker goes to the Panthers, is there a space anywhere for Jimmy Garoppolo to be traded? I don't care. Uh, Probably not. And I don't care. Will they just cut him though? Or will they keep him on the roster? No, they're definitely. 
they're definitely cutting him because yeah. they don't want to pay him the money. They're they're go- he will not be on the team. Kyle basically said it uh, that he expects him to be traded, but they are full steam ahead with Trey Lance. They just had the state of the franchise a little while ago, and Kyle was talking about how Trey has more horsepower inside of him than he even realizes. Like it's it, it's full speed ahead. The Jimmy Garoppolo era is officially over, so I don't care what happens with Baker Mayfield. I think that Jimmy's going to be gone. It's I don't even think it's an issue anymore. I think he has walked into the 49ers facility for the final time. Yeah. And I I do think if he gets cut, maybe he goes to the Seahawks, but he might not even have a starting job next year. Really great. Great. Go to the Seahawks. I would love to play you twice a year and just watch Fred Warner. Just intercept him constantly again (laughs) and again. Bring it on. The 49ers should not be nervous about that at all. Okay. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to get into our top 10 fantasy quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo, definitely not going to be on that list for 2022, but Trey Lance is going to be on that list. Where does he fall, and who else joins him? We will get into all of that when we come back. We are back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. All right, let's get into it now because I know my fantasy football preparation begins during the summer. There are two sources that I go to for fantasy football information. One, I'm not going to reveal, but they send me a magazine every July. And yes, I am that paranoid. And the other is you, Michelle. You have found your way into my brain. I trust your fantasy analysis more than anybody else. So we are going to begin our fantasy preview for 2022 with the top 10 quarterbacks. I'm excited to dive into this with you. Do you have them in any order or is it just your top 10 guys? I have them in order, but we need to hit on this whole July magazine that you get. So you're one of those guys who comes to your draft with a magazine you got in July full of rankings that definitely have changed since you got that July magazine. Um, And then you're one of those guys to draft like a running back that's already been cut by a team like in the 10th round. And then your your league mates have to be like, dude, he's not even on the team anymore. Like, what are you doing? Okay, (laughs) hold on. Where is this slander coming from? Because July, like a a, fantasy magazines, throw them out. Because why? Because they can't update them. They they put them out in July. Your rankings are going to change so much. First of all, this company sends me updated rankings. So, ha ha. Okay. But the numbers don't change. What they did last year doesn't change. So, what's the difference? What, how is Tyreek Hill different in August than he is in July, unless he gets hurt. Other than that, it's the same dude. Yeah, there's going to be injuries in the offseason. There's going to be new additions that haven't happened yet. I mean, Will Fuller and Julio Jones haven't even signed yet. Like those Who could... gives a crap? They suck. Oh, my goodness. That's why they haven't He's... signed. You Don't... sound like a boomer. Oh, God. The ghost of Julio Jones. Yeah, he's really going to impact my fantasy football season. I'm just saying things change, and you can't go off a magazine in July. It's I don't base everything off of one magazine, but there's information that I need to know. My tradition is I usually go to Rhode Island in July, so I get my fantasy football magazine. I sit on the beach in Rhode Island with an adult beverage of some kind, and I read my fantasy football magazine, and I will not have you poo-poo my fantasy football prep. Okay, Grandpa. All right. Let's let's get into uh, my rankings, which I do update. Uh, well, so then you know, we shouldn't even the off- give them on the show, right? Because they're just the going to be obsolete. 
No, I mean, they'll they'll stay close to the same, but you never yeah, know what might of happen. Of course, they'll stay close to the same because they're not doing anything now. Oh, all right. All right. Should I start with my number one guy? It's pretty easy. No, no. Start at number 10. Oh, start at number 10. Oh, all right. yeah. We got to go down. Okay. Well, I'm starting at Dak Prescott then. But Ooh. it was close at number 10 between Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins because I do think Kirk Cousins is going to have a career year. And... He already, so let's start with Kirk Cousins first. Cousins was a top 12 quarterback in 50, 56% of the weeks in 2021. The exact same percent as Joe Burrow. The Vikings defense is still going to be bad this upcoming year. I think they're going to let him throw it more now that Mike Zimmer is gone. He has great weapons. So I'm really high on Kirk Cousins this year, but I couldn't put him over Dak Prescott just yet. Dak was the QB nine in points per game last season, scoring 20.7 points per game. But he lost Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup has to recover from the ACL tear that happened late in the season. I do think CeeDee Lamb takes a big step forward next year as that wide receiver one. Dalton Schultz is still there. You guys all know I absolutely love their rookie wide receiver, Jalen Tolbert. I really wanted the 49ers to get him. So I, I'm putting Dak here at 10 because I think he's going to be inconsistent, but he's going to be good enough to be a top 10 quarterback next year. So there's a couple things there. One, I love that you put Cousins there because I feel like no one's going into their fantasy draft being like, oh, I hope I get Kirk Cousins. But if you wait to take a quarterback and then you end up with Kirk Cousins, like you could do so much worse. And I think people don't value that enough because they don't like Kirk Cousins because he's bored. He's a human sweater vest, as I have called him to his face. He's just guys don't even seem to like him on his own team. There's just weird stuff going on there, but he puts up numbers. He puts up numbers in his career. He has thrown for at least 4,000 yards in every year for the past one, two, three, four, five, like five out of the past six years or six out of the past seven years, something like that. The dude puts up numbers. Justin Jefferson is a godsend as a wide receiver. So he has a clear number one target. So I like that as a sneaky fringe top I guess he's 11 but he's basically right on the edge of your top 10 there I love that by you and when you're talking about cost Dak is going to cost so much more in your draft so instead of taking Dak in the middle you know in the fourth or fifth round I'm gonna wait and take Kirk Cousins in the 10th or 11th round and that that's just the much better process in my mind to go this year in the draft Dak does give you a little more from a running perspective than Kirk Cousins. I think Dak's going to be a little better on the ground this year. Uh, He was, you know, coming off a horrible injury. He was banged up last year also. I think we're going to see a better Dak in 2022 than we saw in 2021. I I think you, I agree where you have him, right? I think he's right on the edge there. And if they hadn't lost Amari Cooper, I think I would have him even higher. But the Cowboys have not really had a great offseason. But Dak at 10, I like it. All right. And at nine, this might seem low for this guy, but it's Tom Brady. I have Tom Brady falling to quarterback nine. He was the quarterback two last season, but the seasons prior to that quarterback eight in 2020 quarterback 12 in 2019 quarterback 13 in 2018, we saw him be the quarterback two in 2017. And then he dropped to quarterback 13 in 2018. So we've seen that drop before. He put up insane numbers last year, 43 passing touchdowns, 5,300 passing yards. I know we've been saying this forever, but he (laughs) is going to be 45 years old this season. It has, you you would think at some point it has to fall off and he's still going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. 
but I don't think he's going to put up those type of numbers without Gronkowski, without Antonio Brown. Chris Godwin tore his ACL pretty late in the season as well. You can't expect him to be back um, at the start. So it's really Mike Evans, Russell Gage, some of the younger guys they have. But I, I don't think his numbers are going to be as insane, and you get absolutely nothing from him in the running game. So I do have him lower on that list. He's still going to put up some big games. I just don't think he's going to be as consistent. Uh, and he's just going to give you some stinkers as well if Fournette steals too many of those rushing touchdowns. You know, it just depends on how they score. But I do just expect the whole Buccaneers offense to kind of take a step down this year. It is absurd that Tom Brady led the league in yards and touchdowns at 44 years old last so season. Stupid. It's so I mean, stupid. It's, it's <laughs> stupid. It's, but here's the thing from a, from a fantasy perspective and a gambling perspective, I can't bank on that. I can't bank on a guy who's older than anybody we've ever seen playing at a level. We've never seen anybody play at, at that age. I, I just can't do it. I know that, like you said, we've been all predicting him falling off the cliff forever, but like, it could be the year in 2022. And and because of that, I'm sorry. I just can't rest my fantasy season on that guy, even though, like you're saying, he could be really good. But I understand the ranking. You mentioned the rushing yards. He doesn't give you anything from that perspective. Um, I would just be too nervous to take Tom Brady, even though he seems to be a friggin' machine. Tom Brady's kind of at that price where I'm not going to have him in any of my fantasy leagues. I never really draft Tom Brady, though, is the thing. And he always ends up being pretty solid. I just yep. I think he's going to be too costly for where he ends up this year. My number eight guy, Joe Burrow, he was a quarterback 10 this year in fantasy points per game. Uh, and I do think he drops some in efficiency, but I think the passing attempts will increase like his efficiency last year was stupid, insane. 70.4 <laughs> completion percentage, 8.9 yards per attempt, led the league in both of those. 6.5% touchdown rate. Those are more than likely going to come down pretty drastically. And, but I think that's okay because he only had 520 pass attempts. That should increase. I mean, their offense is stacked. They have Jamar Chase. They have T. Higgins that are both super young. Higgins is just going into his third season. Chase, obviously, in his second. They should just continue to get better. Tyler Boyd is such a solid slot wide receiver. Joe Mixon can be utilized in the passing game. For some reason, they don't want to, but he's a good <laughs> running back. And then they really upgraded their offensive line this year, which should give Burrow more time to uh, complete those deep passes as well, which he already was so good at last year. There is no reason this team's not airing it out more often and just destroying defenses. So with that, yes, I think his efficiency will come down, but his pass attempts should come up enough that I still think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback this year in fantasy, and I'm pushing him up a couple spots to number eight. The league is going to force you to be good in a different way. And what I mean by that is like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, right? Oh, he was throwing all his deep passes, bombs away. And what do we see? We saw that the league adjusted. They went to cover two and some other, or two deep rather, and some other stuff. And it took a while for Mahomes to adjust to figure out how to attack that and how to be good. Because I think Mahomes has this mentality of like, I can make the big play because his arm is so incredible and all that stuff. And more often than not, he does kind of pull plays out of his ass. I think it, it it was a tough mentality switch for him. For Burrow, I don't think he's going to be able to be as successful with the big plays as he was last year. But I don't think he has that mentality. I think Burrow is just fine 
dropping back within the structure of the offense, taking the five-yard play, the seven-yard play, the, you know, the short passes. He'll take whatever's there. So I think that he's going to have to adjust how he plays, but I think he's going to be able to do it. And like you said, the Cincinnati offense is just absolutely stacked. So I love Burrow there. I like Burrow ahead of Brady. I know that's going to rub people the wrong way, but I agree with you. Yeah, and it's they're kind of the same type of player, right? They are not going to get a lot of production on the ground, but you will get more from Burrow. Uh, and they're just going to do really well through the air. But I'm willing to bet that Joe Burrow going into his third season can you know, be a little bit more electric than Tom Brady. 45 years old, but who knows? Tom well, Brady will probably make me look dumb, like always. Oh, <laughs> well, he makes us all look dumb. But I also don't think Burrow's going to get sacked 51 times this year. So yeah. that is going to help him also. So, okay, Dak, Brady, Burrow, who do you have at six? At seven, Lamar seven, Jackson. Sorry. Lamar Jackson's my number seven quarterback. He's he's always scores a lot of points, and a lot of it has to do with his legs. It, like I'll say a million times, being a mobile quarterback is a cheat code in fantasy. So Lamar Jackson is just a score. He might he should probably be higher on this list. The reason why he's down at seven is because – his weapons are kind of lacking right now. They got rid of Marquise Brown, which I do think is a very big deal. I know you don't, but I think Marquise Brown is a big deal for an offense. Mark Andrews is still great. And Rashad Bateman in the second season should take a big step forward, but they added no other wide receivers to this <laughs> offense, which is absolutely wild to me that they just got rid of their wide receiver one and didn't add anyone else. Lamar Jackson last year had 105, passer rating when targeting Marquise Brown and an 80 passer rating when targeting all other players on the team dropped dramatically. That was clearly his dude. And then according to next gen stats, 61 of Lamar's 87 downfield passes, which is just 10 plus air yards. were targeting either Marquise Brown or Sammy Watkins. And both hmm. of those guys are gone. 61 of his 87 attempts. And then 27 of his 36 deep attempts, 20 plus air yards, were to Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins. And those are both gone as well. So players are going to have to step up for him. He's still going to score fantasy points because of his legs. He'll get into the end zone. He'll be fine. Uh, but the reason I have him at seven is solely because of his weapons are really lacking right now. I do not understand the Baltimore Ravens handling of the wide receiver situation with Lamar Jackson. Like, I do not understand how they allowed A.J. Brown to get traded to any other team or any of these wide receivers that we saw. Like, it's got to be your number one priority. It just doesn't seem like it for whatever reason. And I, it's crazy to me because I think that the Ravens are such a well-run organization. So I don't understand it. My worry with Lamar is not production. It's that he's not going to be healthy. He needs to be out on the field. He was only on the field last year for 12 games. Obviously, his play style potentially puts him at more of an injury risk. That would be my worry in drafting him is just, am I going to have to start my backup for four or five games? Yeah, and I mean, Tyler Huntley, if you did have to grab him, he's a great backup. He scores a lot of fantasy points as well when Lamar is out. But I do think with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, if they can come back this year healthy after their ACL tears, that will help out the offense, and it should help Lamar not have to take so much of the load. They had nothing going for them last year in that backfield. When Devonta Freeman is starting for you, you know you have a, you know you have a problem. Yeah, that's ugly. All right, who is number six now? 
And here we go. It's Trey Lance, baby. No, oh, yeah. Six. Uh, this might seem high, and it is pretty high. But what I've said all off season long is I think Trey Lance's floor is Jalen Hurts in 2021. Like, I think that's the bottom of what we can expect from him. Jalen Hurts last year was the QB six in fantasy points per game. Now, a lot of this, it's going to come down to your scoring, right? If you're the standard right now is four points for passing touchdowns. If you're in a six point league, maybe put down Trey Lance just a little bit, but he'd still be in my top 10 for sure. But in four point leagues, he's my number six. Um, I did do his projections out. I haven't projected for probably too many passing yards. I haven't projected just over 4,000 passing yards. I don't think he hits that. I think he's more in like the 3,800 range, but I can't get him down. I don't know why can't get them down. And then I haven't projected for 700 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns with 24 passing touchdowns. All of that comes out to my QB six. I think he has a really nice year. Uh, his weapons will help him immensely. Kyle Shanahan's going to help him. And then his rushing alone is going to get him inside this top 10. Okay. I'm so glad you had the, the passing touchdowns at 24. Levin and I just talked about this yesterday. We did kind of a take it or leave it show. And what I threw out there was 25 passing touchdowns for Lance. Would you take that right now and guarantee it? Or would you be willing to roll the dice and get whatever you get? The problem is if I go eight touchdowns for Debo and I go eight touchdowns for Ayuk and Kittle gives me his normal five, that's 21 touchdowns right there. And then I look at the rest of the roster, whether it's Mitchell or Juice or Danny Gray or Jennings, like, you're going to get four or five between all of those guys. I feel like 25, even though that's where my mind went, it feels low if everybody kind of produces at their normal level. Yeah, I have Devo only at six. I, you get six. George Kittle actually at six. And then I have a couple, you know, ones, ones, twos thrown in there between the Danny Grays, the Jennings. I even gave Ray Ray one. I could see them doing some little short little bubble screen to him in the – Near the end zone. So as long I gave as he your boy fumble it. I gave your 49ers favorite wide receiver a touchdown there. He could do more than 24, but like like I said, I don't think it really matters all that much. Jalen Hurts only had 16 passing touchdowns last year and was the QB six in fantasy that's points crazy. per game. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, he did score 11 rushing touchdowns. So I, that's where I think Trey Lance is going to score a lot of touchdowns, though. There's no reason he's not using his legs down there and, and getting into the end zone a ton. We see it with all these mobile guys. Kyler Murray scores a ton of rushing touchdowns. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Like, unless Kyle Shanahan overthinks it, he should be utilizing his legs near the goal line. And I think he will, and not even on design plays that much, because when you get into the red zone, and spe uh, specifically goal line situations, all the windows get tighter. And so I think Trey is probably, because he seems like a guy who doesn't risk the football very often, I think he's going to look and be like, yeah, that's a super tight window. You know what? Screw it. I'm just going to run it because there's less risk. Maybe I don't get in, but I'm not going to turn it over. I think he's going to get a lot of uh, rushing touchdowns in the red zone on broken plays rather than design plays, just scrambles and making dudes miss and whatever. So I agree with you. I think he's going to be a threat on the ground. It is crazy to me to think that he could be just outside the top five fantasy quarterbacks in his first year as a starter. Yeah. I mean, if Jalen Hurts can do it, Trey Lance can, right? Trey he Lance better has, be able to. Yeah. He has a better skill set all around. Um, going into a second season than Jalen Hurts did in his second season. So there's no reason he can't do it. You might think it's crazy, but that's where I have him.
Number five, Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be number five. You might think, why is he not higher? I mean, he was the QB five in fantasy points per game just last season. Uh, And I'm keeping him there. And I think that's nice of me because he's losing Tyreek Hill, which is a very big deal. But overall, he has more pieces. Tyreek Hill is gone, but he has more pieces to target. They're not at Tyreek Hill's level, but better than anything he had as a wide receiver too last year. So now they add in Juju Smith-Schuster. They add in Sky Moore, who I really liked in this draft class. They add in Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who, you know, say what you want about him, but he will open up an offense, right? Mm -hmm. His speed is going to open it up. I don't think he's going to put up a ton of yards, but it'll help everyone else. And as long as Mahomes has Travis Kelsey, you can't be too far down on this offense. So Patrick Mahomes is going to score a lot of fantasy points. If you want to rank him higher, I am completely fine with that. Like you want to draft him. I'm completely fine with that. But QB five is where I landed on him this season. There's just some guys that I think have a little bit higher of a season or higher of a ceiling due to their weapons and their mobility. But Patrick Mahomes is going to be just fine. How big is the gap between Mahomes and Lance in terms of where you think you can get these guys? So Mahomes is still going to be probably a third round pick in Trey Lance. You know, I I imagine right now his ADP is a little bit lower than I think it's going to be by the time we get to draft season. I think you'll probably have to draft Lance in like the seventh round. But if I'm, you know, if I'm looking at one of these guys, I'd much rather Lance in the seventh than Mahomes in the third. Yeah, the value there is is a key factor where you can get these people because if the if the gap between Lance and Mahomes isn't that big, obviously you're better off waiting uh, because you can fill your team with other players in the meantime. I think the loss of Hill is going to hurt, but only if you think the Chiefs are going to play exactly the same way, which I don't think they will. They're smarter than that. Andy Reid is one of the best offensive minds in the league. Like you said, they still have MBS. He can still stretch the field a little bit. I think the Chiefs are going to be just fine. I think people are overstating how much Tyreek Hill will hurt the Chiefs and how much he'll help the Dolphins, frankly. Um, So Mahomes is five for you. Okay, who's next? All right, number four is Kyler Murray. I don't know. Wow. It It never feels good, but last year felt like a disappointment for him just for most of the season, and he still was a QB four and fantasy points per game because he is a beast in fantasy. He really just is until he gets hurt. And it seems like it happens every <laughs> year and something goes wrong and it just, you know, goes off the rails at the end of the season. But as long as he's on the field healthy, he is a fantasy scorer and he's really good. It's hard to draft him because you never know what's going to happen is does he get hurt? You know, without DeAndre Hopkins, he seems to really struggle. However, now they brought in Marquise Brown. You know, they have that connection from college. They're besties. And I clearly am much higher on Marquise Brown than the rest of this world, but I think he's really going to help him out. So I think he'll be fine for those first six weeks. And then you get to add in Hopkins, both Hopkins and Brown being out there for Murray. I think it's going to be really nice. And like I said, Murray just scores rushing touchdowns. He's going to run. He's going to score points. He's my QB four. He probably won't be on many of my leagues just because of his cost and because he worries me when, you know, when is it all going to fall apart? Cause it seems to happen every year. So give me Trey Lance over Kyler Murray when you're talking about their draft costs. And honestly, with Trey Lance being at my QB six and his draft class, like he's just my favorite. He's going to be my favorite fantasy quarterback this year in all my drafts. Like I can't imagine I leave a draft without him, without Trey Lance on my team. Let me ask you about Kyler's rushing because he's played three years now. 
He had a great year in 2020, over 800 yards, 11 touchdowns. But outside of that, his other two seasons, basically around 500 yards and four or five rushing touchdowns. That's not like incredible elite level rushing uh, statistics for a quarterback. Do you think Kyler this year is going to be closer to the four or 500 yard mark or the 800 yard mark we saw in 2020? It all comes down to how healthy he can stay. Right. I think that's like the biggest part of it is once he, but maybe they want to keep him healthy this year. Cause it doesn't seem like he can run a lot without messing up an ankle. So I do <laughs> think he's going to be close to that 500, 500 mark. And maybe James Conner does steal too many touchdowns away from him this year. Um, and he doesn't get into the end zone with his legs more than five times, but Still, I think compared to other quarterbacks, if he can get into the end zone five times, have 500 rushing yards, that's still going to be plenty to boost up his fantasy points. And he is—he has a strong arm. He, he can get plenty done with his arm, so he does it both. This is the biggest difference for me between quarterbacks in real life and fantasy quarterbacks. I'd be thrilled to have Kyler Murray as my fantasy quarterback. I want no part of him as my actual quarterback in real life. I just it's the, That's the biggest gap for me. Uh, I, wow, I cannot believe he is top five, but I hear you. I mean, it's a, you got to be objective about this. It's a cold business. Who's next. All right. Number three, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert. Now he would move up to number two if you're in a six point league. So just check that out. Six point pass touchdown league, but in a four point pass touchdown league, I have him at three and someone else at two. Uh, he's just super safe. I mean, he's just good. That's all it comes down to, but he's also super safe in fantasy. He has scored 15 or fewer points in only three of his career games. So above 15 points in the rest of them over his two seasons, more than 20 points in 22 of his 32 career games, 30 plus points in 10 weeks of his two seasons, which is just great. I mean, he has a ceiling. He has a safety. You can't go wrong drafting Justin Herbert. I love Mike Williams. I think he's just going to keep getting better in that offense. Keenan Allen's still there. They got Gerald Everett, whatever that matters. Austin Eckler is just a beast <laughs> in the passing game. But, I, I, you know, second season going in with this offensive system, Herbert's ceiling is just incredible, and he's super safe. He's my number three. If you want to put him at two or one, I'm fine with that. I really am. Uh, but I like the two guys ahead of him. Everything you said about Justin Herbert is incredible. Any worry that he is in this loaded AFC West, which, you know, we've seen teams load up on defensive players there, like the Raiders, any worry that the division is just so much better this year that his stock is going to take a hit? No, because I think the offensive scoring is going to be crazy in that division. Uh, mm -hmm. So he's going to have to score a ton to keep up with them. Because, like, yeah, they, you know, no, the Raiders have a pretty weak defense. And I think the Chiefs got worse on defense. Maybe the Broncos games will be hard. But with Russell Wilson there, uh, they should be scoring plenty of points that Herbert has to keep up. So, and, you know, Russell Wilson's not on my list. And I'm starting to regret that already. <laughs> He's just outside the top 10. I do feel like as we get closer, I might talk myself into him replacing Dak and Kirk Cousins. But um, right now, Russell isn't on it. But yeah, that in that division, I think Herbert's going to have to put up a lot of points. Okay. Explain that to me. Why would your ranking of Russell Wilson change between now and the start of the season, except for injury. If if everybody's as healthy as they are right now, why would you change Russell's ranking? Well, it's so hard because you don't know if the Broncos will pass Wilson being there. And we don't really have a great sample size in Seattle. It's like, 
was it Pete Carroll or was that he try to use Russell Wilson the best way he he thought about passing a whole ton, even though we all see his talent and you think like, let him be, but the Broncos don't pass a whole ton either, but now they have a whole different offensive system with new coaches. It's there's too many question marks. That's the hard part here to really be able to rank him fairly and understand what's going to happen next year. But it all comes down to his efficiency, which he has been super efficient. It just has me talking myself into it. Really. It's me talk. Cause I am lower on Dak this year, but I still have him at 10. And I really do think Russell Wilson will have a nice season with the Broncos there. So I'll probably keep going back and forth between Dak, her cousins and Russell Wilson, just cause I can't make them up, up my mind. And, um, I overthink things. Right. So I'm an old boomer for reading my fantasy football information out of a magazine, which is so out of date, but you just admitted you're changing your rankings based on nothing. Ah, oh, Lord, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Right. It's a little more research to do. I have two more months of research to do. Takes a long time. Number two on your list. Who is it? Jalen hurts, baby. My boy, my wow. bae, Jalen hurts. now again, I'm doing four point pass touchdown league rankings. He would fall down to three, just fall down to QB three and six point touchdown rankings for passing touchdowns. And Herbert would go to number two. They're so close to me. Jalen hurts and just Herbert in any scoring format. I'm fine. If you want to switch them, but Jalen hurts quarterback six in fantasy points per game last year. First season as a starter, he scored just 0.6 fewer points per game. than Patrick Mahomes last season. This was with scoring just 16 passing touchdowns, just 16. And he had eight touchdowns called back last season. That's an absurd amount. Absurd. And eight touchdowns called back. And you might like not understand how crazy that is. Tom Brady had zero touchdowns called back. (laughs) Justin Herbert had one. Like all of these top guys had one or zero touchdowns called back. And Jalen Hurts had eight. Eight. Unless... The officials just absolutely hate the Eagles. That's not ha- happening. And then AJ Brown, you have second year for Devontae Smith, who I think is a fantastic talent. He already put up a very solid rookie season in a year that they did not pass the whole ton. So I think him being a wide receiver too across from AJ Brown is just amazing. Dallas Goddard is a beast. That offensive line is one of the best in the NFL. And Jalen Hurts is going to continue to run. Like he'll pass more, but he's going to continue to run. He'll continue to get his rushing touchdowns. I, I just think the ceiling is not existent for Jalen Hurts, and I, I love him for fantasy this year. Over 700 yards and 10 rushing touchdowns on the ground. Um, so you're confident that he's going to? Because if he doesn't continue that rushing production that's where the bulk of his value comes from. And you, so you think even with the additions in the passing game, he's still going to be as productive as a runner. Yeah. And I, I think his rushing touchdowns could come down, but his passing touchdowns were 16, like that right. has to increase as well. You would think, or else he's not going to be the Eagles starting quarterback. As long as those can't go up from 16 to at least 24. Like I, I, I imagine a pretty significant jump here because that was so low because of all the touchdowns that got called back because AJ Brown's um, getting added to this offense. I do think 24, 25 passing touchdowns is very reasonable while he's still going to score six to eight touchdowns on the. So that means your number one on this list has to be Josh Allen of the Buffalo bills, because there's no way you're yeah. leaving him out of the top 10 entirely. Um, yeah. I mean, it's easy. Josh Allen is easy. He's an incredible mix of 
super talented, can do anything, and the team asks him to do everything. And so that's a perfect combination from a fantasy football perspective because what you want with your guys is skill and opportunity, and that equals money for you. And Josh Allen is going to be an absolute monster this year. Yeah, he's been the quarterback one in each of the last two seasons. I don't see that changing. Brian Dable leaving, their offensive coordinator leaving to be the head coach for the Giants, makes me a tiny, tiny bit nervous, but not enough to take him out of this top spot. He's going to get his rushing numbers. He's going to score his rushing touchdowns. He's an amazing passer. He's going to put up just crazy numbers, as always. The only thing that would hold him back is injury. Um, He's been pretty safe in that category so far. Uh, so there's no reason not to have Josh Allen as your quarterback one. Like I literally can't think of a reasoning to put anyone else above him. And the crazy thing is it's not like the bills have surrounded him with a ton of studs. Stefan Diggs is great, but other than that, they've got some nice players here, but it's not like a loaded offense. And he's still putting up these crazy numbers. He's, he's so good. one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. I absolutely saw him dismantle. Bill Belichick's defense in the playoffs last season. You could just see watching him. He wanted to grind them into dust. And as someone who has hate watched the Patriots for two decades, it was fantastic to see. Um, I do have to ask you though, no Matt Stafford in your top 10. That's kind of surprising. Yeah, he's close there as well. Like right at that 10 spot, there could be so many different quarterbacks you put in there. I mean, the difference in their scoring for me, like what I predict them, the score is so incredibly close that I'm not going to be surprised if Matthew Stafford gets in there into the top 10, but he was the quarterback five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He was the quarterback 11 in fantasy points per game last year. He had an incredible season with Cooper Cup. I still think they're going to be incredible, but I can see that coming down just a little bit. I do think Allen Robinson's not um, at that same type of talent as you know, maybe OBJ or Robert Woods, and they kind of you know shared the season there. We'll see if Allen Robinson can come back to his old self, but last year was brutal out on the field. It didn't even look like he was trying. We got to see how good he is. <laughs> and with Cam Akers back, hopefully Daryl Henderson can stay healthy as well. They should have more rushing production could steal some rushing touchdowns so i have matthew stafford just coming down a little bit like a peg um that just slightly gets him out of the top 10 amazing that he could throw 40 plus touchdowns and not be in the top 10 but the rushing yard see this is what i don't understand all of a sudden every league started saying oh no no we're not going to do six points for a passing touchdown we're going to do four for some reason and yet Rushing yards, it's such a cheat code now that you could get a quarterback that only throws 16 touchdowns in a season and he could be a top five fantasy quarterback. Like that pendulum seems to have swung too far in the other direction. It is, it is. And I agree that the scoring format should probably change. Uh, But as long as this is the scoring format in the leagues I'm playing, I'm going, you got to follow what the scoring format is and, you know, work with that. So that's what I'm doing here. But I agree with you. It is too crazy. Like the fact that Jalen Hurts scored more points, more fantasy points uh, per game than Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford <laughs> and Joe Burrow. It, it, you know, that's not very cool. That's absurd. There's, there's something wrong with the scoring format there. There is, there is, but 
I have to say this year, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a good NFL quarterback as well as a good fantasy quarterback. I'm putting my whole name and stamp on him just like I did with Josh Allen before his crazy 2020 season. If I hit on Jalen Hurts this year, then I am just the quarterback whisperer. I'm going to call it right now. I'm calling it right now. I trust you. You know that. <laughs> um, I am not going to give out much fantasy advice on this show, but the one piece I will always share, and it's obvious, but I think people underestimate it, is always, always, always draft to your scoring system. I used to play in a league that had double points for touchdowns 50 yards or more, and it was awesome because you could win your game single-handedly on one play. So if you were getting killed, all of a sudden you get a Tyree kill 50-yard touchdown bomb, bam, you're right back in the mix. I loved it. I know a lot of people hated it but it changed the value on Hill and some of these other big play guys. And that's a, a rule that not a lot of leagues had. I don't really know anybody else that had the rule, but it, it changes our entire draft ranking. So if your league has crazy rules, you have to take that into account. Yep. A hundred percent. Cause that changes everything. Maybe you do, you know, buy in on Josh Allen super high and you, you use that high draft pick on a guy like that, or, you know, spend up on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, don't even think about, uh, even looking at Jimmy Garoppolo's way. Cause Hell that will, no. he'll never complete a pass like that, but no, that definitely changes everything. So make sure to go look at your scoring a hundred percent. I love tweaking things. So if you have a cool fantasy football rule that you really like or that you think is unique to your league, please let us know. Leave it in your review. Uh, I would love to hear it because I'm always willing to tweak the rules of my league. I think sometimes we get into sort of a, a rut with like just doing the same thing every year. And like fantasy football is supposed to be cool and fun. And there's no reason why you can't change the rules of your league. So if you have a cool rule, please let me know. I am very, very interested Michelle, I am very excited because I love rankings and I love fantasy football. So I like that we are doing this. Thank you for your top 10 quarterbacks. Here's my worry for next week. I'll, I'll let you pick. Are you going to be able to do a top 10 list while eating the mayonnaise? Oh my goodness. Uh, maybe we got to do something easy. Maybe we got to do a uh, running backs. They're a little bit easier on me. Uh, okay. That's going to be brutal, um, but I'll get through it. I Gonna warn you guys, no 49er player might be on that running back list, but we we can talk through Elijah Mitchell because <laughs> you know some people are really high on him and we we need to talk about him for fantasy next year. But if you guys enjoyed my fantasy content, uh I I do have a fantasy podcast, ball blast, one word, fantasy football podcast. You can go find that wherever you listen to your podcast. But me and my wife and uh, another co-host, Jake, we all talk fantasy every week and it's a fun time. You should absolutely go check that out. Kate is fantastic. I don't know Jake from a hole in the wall, but I'm sure he's a perfectly fine human being. But definitely go check that out. Again, ball, blast, football. Michelle, thank you so much for your rankings. I am so looking forward to next. I'm just going to text you a picture of mayonnaise every day between now and next week's show. Are you ready for that? I'm going to have to get my stomach ready. Maybe not eat for like the whole whole day on Thursday. There you go. Brace yourself. Uh, thank you for the rankings again, quarterbacks this week, running backs next week, and then we'll get into wide receivers and tight ends and all that fun stuff. I kind of want to make you do kickers, but I'm not going to, I'm never doing that ever, ever, ever <laughs> kickers don't matter. <laughs> That's just mean. Enjoy your week, everybody. Bye y'all.